Halo Top is ice cream's biggest game changer. Well before they advertised, I was eating Halo Top. And man, is it good. With Halo Top, you can enjoy all the flavor and deliciousness of ice cream, but you don't have to worry about a lot of things. The calories, for my, in my case, the stomach, all this stuff that comes with so much dairy. Halo Top has less than 360 calories per pint, but it's still delicious and creamy, just like ice cream should be. Halo Top is packed with 20 grams of protein per pint. I like that. They got over 20 incredible flavors to choose from, like cinnamon roll, vanilla bean. I had the vanilla bean at my wife's birthday party. It was delicious. Finally, you can stop avoiding ice cream and enjoy Halo Top. Halo Top is available nationwide. Find your pint at halotop.com. Follow them on social media at Halotop Creamery, halotop.com. Household Name is a new podcast from Stitcher and Business Insider telling the surprising stories behind the brands and products we use every day, like how TGI Fridays started as a singles bar during the sexual revolution. So how did it become a suburban strip mall staple? Check out Household Name now in your podcast app to find out. And subscribe to hear more stories about companies like Trader Joe's, Pizza Hut, and Blockbuster. Hello to everybody who loves a good shower power hour. It's beautiful anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous A show where I send out a random phone number And then a whole bunch of people try to talk And then we talk And we listen And we connect in a world that is feeling more scary By the day we connect And we lean into things like empathy and connecting with other humans on a human level and just hearing each other out and being willing to just go there, get vulnerable, not be ashamed or scared of vulnerability for once. This show might be saving my life week to week. Thank you for letting me do it. Thanks for letting me have this gig. want to put out there um, that we have some touring dates coming up at the end of this very week that you're uh, downloading this. And uh, big ones, including a live Beautiful Anonymous taping just for Laughs Festival, Montreal, Canada. I'm doing a bunch of stand-up, including my own hour twice. And a live taping on the 27th of Beautiful Anonymous itself. Come on out. If you're up there, if you're in uh, Montreal or the surrounding areas, come on out. Hang out. That festival is such a fun time, such a good party. And uh, I'm going to do a taping right in the middle of it, see what we can get while we're up north, up in Montreal, one of the great cities in this world. So maybe I'll see you there. I'd love to say hello. Shake your hand. I really would. And then uh, the week after that, I think I'm in Burlington, Vermont. Is that where I am? Burlington, Vermont. Anyway, you go to chrisgeth.com. You get tickets for all those dates. Yeah, Burlington, Vermont. I'm doing stand-up August 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. I'll tell you more about that next week. Who cares? Go check out chrisgeth.com. You want to know about all that? All right, that's enough with the personal plugs, blah, blah, blah. Last week's episode, I got to tell you guys, I was so proud of it. I was so proud of it, and uh, word really started to spread on that one. Thanks for everybody for uh, spreading the word of mouth, letting people know we're out there. It was, of course, Prison Bound, someone who was leaving for a federal prison stint in four days, giving up four years of their life to prison, and they're talking to us for an hour. It was mind-blowing. Blew my mind, blew a lot of your minds. Got to say, all the feedback, it was was really incredible. It went went far and wide. The AV Club wrote about the episode, and... uh, it showed up on the uh, 
on the old Earwolf Reddit, the subreddit over there. And we don't always, you know, they lock in more on like the uh, absurdist comedy stuff that Earwolf's known for. And we showed up, a lot of people in there going, uh, wait, are these true? Are these people lying? And then other people listen to the show going, no, we don't think so, man. We think these, these people just tell this guy stuff. We're not making it up. We're not engineering. Someone accused, I saw someone accusing, I think that that's fake. I think He's done a lot of improv, a lot of subversive comedy. I think they probably just make up most of those calls. Do you know how much more work it would be for all of us to make up and script these a full hour every week? No, plus this whole show, and I think all the people who have locked onto it and love it would say, we're not cynical people. We're not cynical people. That's why this thing works. We leave cynicism at the door, and we get genuine we leave that cynical side of things out of it. The episode itself, the Facebook group, so much reaction, huge reaction. And I got to say, I was so fascinated. A lot of people saying it was their favorite episode ever. A lot of people saying it was intense. A lot of people saying, man, that's the kind of crazy thing you hear on this podcast sometimes that, uh, that made me like it in the first place. It's all great to hear. Also, I think a lot of very respectful discussion. A lot of people going, well, not everybody has access to treatment programs like our caller had. Might be some element of privilege here. A lot of people saying, I don't want to make any huge assumptions, but sounds like this might be a Caucasian person. Would a person of color with a drug charge get the same benefit of the doubt? Does our justice system work the same way for everybody? A lot of these conversations that I think are really worth having right now that were had in that Facebook group. And uh, I was proud. I was proud to read them, proud to be a part of them. And, uh, you know... So many people going, man, this brings up so many different feelings. What a cool thing to be a part of. Go check it out. Read up on it. Join the Facebook group and maybe you can discuss this week's episode too. This week's episode is a very special one to me. We've been uh, doing a thing lately where we uh, get some international numbers and we found one for for Ireland. And as a lot of people listen to the show might know, I actually just got my Irish citizenship because my grandparents are from there. My grandfather came to this country in 1928. My family has not been in America for even 100 years. We said, yeah, let's see what happens if we add an Irish number to the mix. We got some calls. We got a call. It's amazing how small the world is. It's amazing how small the world is. Man, it's this huge thing with billions of us on this planet. Not only did we get a call from Ireland, we got someone who's living in the actual county that my grandfather's family was from. You can imagine how much this meant to me personally to be able to ask about what life was like there past and present and future and to hear from our caller about what life is like in a totally different pocket of the universe than the one I live in, but one that I feel such a connection to. It was uh, really, I uh, got to say, meant a lot to me. It was a fun call. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. How are you? Chris? Yeah, this is Chris. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Hi. Hi. I'm actually, sorry, just to get out of the way. I'm not from Southern Ireland. Where are you from? Hello? Yes. Oh, okay. um, I'm, from Nor- I'm from Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Okay. Yeah, because I should mention. Yeah, but I saw. I... Okay. Yeah, no, you say it. Oh, I just wanted to get that out of the way in case you were like, why is your number different? Why is your accent not like super turkey two and a third and all that? Well, I should just, and for anybody who's listening, so every once in a while, so our, our phone system, we can just get numbers from other countries. We pay a couple bucks, we get numbers from other countries. We did one, Estonia, a couple of weeks ago. It led to a call from Denmark. Jared was like, hey, well, let's see what other countries we got today. And I saw Ireland. 
I said, we should do Ireland. So you're in, in what I would say, I'm assuming, and I know this is divisive, I have to assume you're Catholic because you're immediately apologizing for not being from the Republic of Ireland, but from Northern Ireland. Um, well, it's kind of a weird situation for Northern Ireland, actually. I'm, um, my mom's Catholic, but my dad's Protestant. Um, and because she married out of wedlock, we just went for Protestant. I was baptized in the Church of Ireland, which is, according to my parents, the most Catholic Protestant church you can be baptized in. <laughs> but we're not a particularly religious family, so fair, fair. But there's some, of, there's some, a little ca- bit of both. <laughs> there's there's a little Catholic blood in there, causing you to apologize in the first fifteen seconds of your call. Oh yeah, a lot of guilt. I, I got the Catholic guilt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. Well, thank you for. Um, I let- got the big Catholic family and a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too. I, and I'll tell you. You don't have to apologize for being from the North as opposed because I had said in my I- Instagram prompt, please only call from Ireland. I don't want to feel the guilt of your long distance fees. These people call from one country to the other. But it's okay. To me, you're calling from the island that I requested, same island. So you're good. No apologies. Yeah, that's what I figured. I was like, I'm from the island. Yeah, I go to the South a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fun place. I also think your granddad is from Armagh, right? Yeah. Have I mentioned yeah, that I on the show before? Armagh. You went to school in Armagh. I think you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you mentioned it before. And I was like, oh my goodness, Chris, we have some common connection here. Yeah, my <laughs> grandfather world. My grandfather was uh, born in a very small village called Charlemont um, in Armagh. Oh. And I, I went and visited it two years ago. I did a festival in Dublin, and then I did the Edinburgh Scotland Festival, and then I jumped back to Ireland, drove all over, and we started the trip. We visited. My grandfather's village was right on the border of Armagh and I believe County Tyrone. Those uh, those borders. Oh, each other, okay. Right? So it's not. So we didn't. It's not a city. Ar- sorry, there's a city Armagh, and then there's County Armagh. I live in County Armagh. And then I went to school in the city of Armagh. Yeah, he was from County Armagh, but from what I was able to gather visiting. Oh, okay. There's a village called the Moy, M O Y, the Moy, which uh, he he his, oh yeah yeah his family's land was in Charlemont on one side of a bridge on a little stream right next to that bridge. So I think from what I could gather, his life had more to actually his day to day life had more to do with this village called the Moy in County Tyrone. But he grew up in County Armagh, and the Moy. I love. Oh, okay. I have to yeah, say, I don't really go to Tyrone a lot, but I, I visited. Oh, what's up with Tyrone? I just sensed in your voice you were like, oh, Tyrone. oh no, just. I don't know. I just, um, there's not much to do there. <laughs> I don't know. I just never had the cause to go. I got very that. Much. I got that sense. The Moy. What a good name for a place. The Moy. And then I got there. I was like, Yeah, oh, there's this, some great names right here. <laughs> this is a place you name the Moy. There's not much to do, but it was yeah. lovely. And I met somebody who knew my grandfather's brother. He didn't know my grandfather left when he was uh, 18 years old, so nobody knew him, but they knew his brother Felix. Oh. Yeah, I mean, if you go back, you can probably look at the records and all that. I don't know how interesting this is to anyone listening from the outside, though. I'm sorry for rambling on about it. I'm the one doing the rambling. I'm the one doing the rambling. <laughs> I went, I'll tell you what, I went and got oh, my yeah. Irish... I'm an Irish citizen now. I'm a citizen. Oh, you're more Irish than me. God damn it. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do that thing before. I think, yeah, everyone, my whole family did it, and I'm, I was away. I went to university in Scotland. I just graduated, yay. Nice, congrats. And um, yeah, I, I just came back, so I need to go and apply for my Irish passport. But I have a British passport at the moment. But we all have dual citizenship in Northern Ireland, so we're allowed to have both. Right, you technically are a citizen of both the UK and Ireland if you live in Northern Ireland, yeah? Um, normally, yeah, kind, kind of. You're allowed to go move over there, yeah. But um, 
it's going to be weird with Brexit. I don't know how it's all going to work because of the border and all that. But now, <laughs> I'm just, I don't want Brexit to happen. <laughs> yeah, I've heard people are nervous because a lot of the, a lot of, from what I understand, and who knows, here's another thing I'll say. Can we talk about this? How tired? Here's, mm-hmm. here's the sense I got when I visited Ireland, both when I went to Dublin and all over Ireland and when I went to Northern Ireland. Ameri- Irish Americans are pretty obsessed with the fact that they're Irish American. The sense I get is that Irish people and Northern Irish people are really fucking tired of Irish Americans claiming they're Irish in any way. True or false? I don't want to say that to an Irish American. No, I'm bringing but, um, it up. I'm Irish. In, I got my citizenship, baby. Uh, I'm, I'm Irish now. How tired are you? you got, how okay. hard do you do, do? Do a lot of Irish people go blind rolling their eyes at Irish Americans? Um, it's nice because they come and they buy stuff here and there's a lot of touristy shops and that they like to spend money here, which is nice. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you guys aren't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like they're more into being Irish than we are. And the stuff like that they think is Irish isn't that Irish. Like we do drink, but we don't have like the green top on our Guinness or we don't dye a whole river green because we're Irish. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) we, We don't go that far. And you guys aren't. I, I think it's kind of nice to claim your heritage. It's nice that people are proud to be Irish, I guess. But <laughs> what a nice diplomatic the behavior answer. that you see. I like hearing yeah. you say. I like hearing you verbally say it's nice people are proud to be Irish, while everything about the tone screams, "You Americans need to pipe the fuck down about this one." Sorry, Sally. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, just calm down a little, a little bit. Well, it's funny because <laughs> my it is nice. and I, I had family that emigrated over to. Um, I don't really know them that well, but I've come and visit back a couple of times, and, and they seem nice. It's weird to hear them they, they they're first generation Americans, I guess, and so they find they moved over themselves, so they still find. Um, well, they're from the south, so they sound Irish, and some of them sound Northern Irish. Um, but their kids. Sounds so American. Yeah. It's really weird. It's like they open their mouths and I'm like, holy moly, I thought you were going to sign like the rest of us. I don't know. It's, it's funny. Odd. I grew but up, it's nice. where I grew up, everybody was Irish American. My mom was first generation. A lot of people, I think, fit that bill were um, first, second generation. And uh, it's funny. I wouldn't say we had an Irish accent, but I, I've I've listened to recordings of myself when I was young, and there's a couple things. There's a couple words that slip through where I'm like, oh, I can hear a little bit of my grandparents in there, like saying like the way I used to pronounce the word girl, like G I R L. I used to say almost like, how do you say girl? Girl. Girl. I used to say it like girl a little girl. bit, like a little bit. The R was very soft. I don't know, but you know what my mom always said? My mom was like, uh, in our neighborhood, there'd be St. Patrick's Day come around my town, had a big parade. And everybody would go nuts. And you know what my mom always said? She was like, the people who care the most about this are the ones whose families came furthest back. The people who's, mm. like my parents, my mom would always say, or my, my grandma, one of the great points of pride was that she was a deputy grand marshal on the Western New Jersey St. Patrick's Day Parade. She was from Wexford. She was from County Wexford. My mom is like, all these people who put on the big sweaters and the caps and they got shillelies and they're chugging beer all day, their families came like four generations, five generations ago. My grandfather left yeah, for a reason. <laughs> I think there's something in, like, you need, oh, my mom's calling me. You need to go uh, on call waiting a second? On, I can sorry. wait. On, yeah, yeah, I'll just wait. Uh, okay. Mom? Yes? Mom? Mom? Uh, do you 
are you going to go on hold or I'm going to run downstairs? Yeah, just run downstairs, carry in the phone. Is it a cell phone? You can just carry it. Just put okay. it, whatever you want. Okay. Hold on, sorry. Just listen to you and your mom, mom talking. I'm on a, on a phone call. So I I is, is there anything? No, just the cat. Did you feed it? I fed the cat, yeah. Okay, thank you. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I checked, but I fed the cat. Yeah, I know. I'm just happy the I cats did. I fed the cat. No apologies. I'm just happy the cats are fed. Okay. Sorry, I'm also leaving my brother to the airport, so he was reminding me of that. <laughs> just live in real life. Okay. Now, Where were we? Oh, yeah. I think um, um, Americans, for, I started abroad there. I think I have a slight American accent. I started abroad not too long ago in California. Ooh. And it seems like because there isn't a homogenous American identity, it seems like people really like to emphasize where their ancestors came from or where, yeah. the, where everyone else came from. It's true. Now to you kind li- of hold on to that. Now, you live in County Armagh right now? Yeah. Now, here's a question. When I was in Dublin doing this festival, I told all the Irish comics, oh, I'm going to go see my, where my grandfather grew up. And in Dublin, they'd say, where, where would you, is he from? And I'd say, I'm going to go to Ar- County Armagh. And all of them would get a, mm-hmm. a little uncomfortable, if I'm being honest. Fuck, they're being dramatic. Well, they, <laughs> but they, so you know what I'm referring to, the stereotype of County Armagh, my, my uh, family's native land and your current native land. They would say that that is one of the only places where the troubles are still a little bit of a thing to worry about. They said um, that's one of the only places. Di- I, I'm 22. I'm 22 until like I'm, I went to, I didn't go to an integrated school. I went to a Protestant school, and there, but there was a Catholic school down the road from me, and we shared um, classes sometimes. And like everyone I grew up with and knew were pretty friendly. The only time that I noticed some I only know some difference because our neighbors are all Protestant and I don't think they like my mom very much. Really? Um, but no one's openly said anything. And I went to summer school one time or well, summer camp, I guess. And um, we shared a room, my brothers and I, with these two girls. And <laughs> for, I think that's the week we got on really well. And then one night they were saying their really long prayers because they're Catholic. And we were like, wow, it's so amazing that like, you can remember all that. Like, we're really impressed. And then it was like, well, yeah, why don't you say that? Like, oh, well, you know, we're Protestant. We don't say all that stuff. And they were completely shocked. Like, they'd never been friends with Protestant people before. Wow. So I guess it's it's more like, I don't think there's any open divisions in my generation, but a little bit older. So there's there's not, there's, they're not fighting an incident, but there's maybe some quiet tension that remains. There, there are some incidents. So where I grew up, I grew up next to, well, the school I went to was next to a courthouse. And um, that's one of the main places where people target for bombs, for bombs, or just they'll leave a bag there or something, and it'll look like a bomb. And so, because of that, we more got bomb scare days than we did snow days. Which to me, when I was when I was a child, I was like, "Yes, a bomb scare, I've got to go home." But um, yeah, probably looking back, it wasn't the best. Now, I will say, yeah. you, when I said, you know, the Dublin comics warned me to be a little careful on Armagh, you initially got offended, and then 30 seconds later told me a story about how you had more bomb scare days than snow days. Well, it doesn't snow a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, you'll like this story. I, uh, I told my, uh, I met these people in, where I went to visit my grandfather's village. It was a very, very small town, and my, parent, my, my family used to own a pub called Kelly's Pub. 
and I met some, mm-hmm. long story short, bullet points. I wound up meeting these older women who uh, heard my accent. They asked me what I was doing there in a graveyard. I was looking for my great-grandfather's grave, and I tell them all my family's from here. And <laughs> they used to own Kelly's Pub, and the one said, oh, that's uh, I can show you where that is. And I said, oh, my understanding was it didn't exist anymore. And the one woman went, yeah, he's talking about the one that was destroyed in the bombing. And the woman's response was, oh, I thought he meant the other Kelly's pub where the machine gun killings happened. That was a real conversation I was a part of. The one Kelly's pub, my Kelly's pub, destroyed by bombs. The other one, only machine gun killings. Yeah, my granny used to work in a hotel. She was like a manager of the bar in the hotel. And multiple times there were bomb scares and actual bombs in the hotel and they had to be evacuated. But I think it's just because the way they tell it, it's so nonchalant. I I didn't grow up seeing too much of the troubles, but the way they tell it, it just seems so everyday that it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. I'm sure it was for people here living in Belfast especially, but it's not that bad. We live in the countryside, so it's not so bad. We can avoid it a lot. Now, with Brexit, are people? I've heard people are a little nervous that it might inflame some tensions again because there's going to be a firm border again. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm kind of afraid speaking about it too much because people may um, dispute me or something. I'm not like that knowledgeable about it, but my view is that people are going to want to start to join Ireland more. I wouldn't yeah. be opposed to having an all Ireland, except. Economically, we're better. Northern Ireland is better off with England, I think, or with the rest of the UK. But with Scotland wanting to leave, or a lot of Scotland wanting to leave, slightly less than half, but maybe more than half now, um, I think Northern Ireland could follow potentially. But also, if if none of that happens anyway, with the hard, if they're going to have a hard border, which is um, have to check people every time they cross. It's going to cause a lot of problems because people do a lot of trade back and forth for Northern right. Ireland, obviously. And People's jobs. Friends. But at the moment, you can just drive over and it's nothing. People's jobs. You can't, you can't be a truck driver making deliveries if you have to stop for a customs check every day. You can't be uh, going to work a couple miles from your house if you have to get customs. Anyway, we could talk about that all day. And I really could. And I'm happy to if that's what you'd like. Is there anything else you want me to know? You called. I'm excited. I think you cut out for a little bit. Sorry. Oh, I was just asking if there's anything you want to talk about, because I could just keep leading this conversation about my own family's past and troubles and whatnot. Okay. But I don't know. I also want to get to know you, know your deal. What's going on? You have cats. You have a brother. What's your life like? Yeah, I have some cats. I have, yeah, I have two brothers. Got a mom and dad. Um, My life is kind of at a weird stage at the moment, I guess. I just finished, as I said, university in Scotland for the past four years. So, and I did a year abroad in California. So I feel a bit estranged from Northern Ireland a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I've just come back home last week from my graduation. And um, I'm going to England next year to do another year of study. Um, oh. So I feel like I'm just going to be in school forever. But it just, I don't really have that much to do with my summer. But my granny's kind of sick. So I'm going to try to spend some time with her and just like reconnect with my friends back in Northern Ireland. I'm but, um, so, sorry not to too hear much that is going sick. on, I guess. <laughs> Very sorry to hear that your granny's sick. That's a bummer. Oh, it's okay. It's It's been like a slow sickness kind of thing, but I just, it's, it's weird. Well, it's kind of sad. It started, she had like her first thing when my brothers and I were all very close in age. They're twins and they're only 10 months older than me. 
So we're Irish triplets, as they say. Wow, yeah, yeah, Um, you have real twins and Irish twins. Yeah, (laughs) so yeah. Um, But anyway, we all went to university um, in Britain at the same time. So it kind of, we were, a lot of her life was kind of not, I don't want to say revolved around us, but, you know, she picked us up from school and she, we saw her every Saturday at least. And we, we pretty much did see her every day. So then we just left. And I feel like it may have contributed towards it. So I feel like if we maybe spend more time with her again, it might pick her up. But I don't know. It is just old age as well, I guess. Yeah, at the end of the day, these things do happen. Did you say, did I hear you say she had a stroke? Or no? Uh, Yeah, it was weird. It was a transitory stroke, um, which is, I don't really know the medical of it, but she had a couple of those, but it's not a full-on stroke. It's just a couple of transitory ones. And then she has some weird eating things. She really doesn't want to eat anymore. So we're trying to force her to eat. Well, not force her to eat, but we're trying to get her all these drinks that she could just have instead of eating. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, really, she has to eat. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, She's very strong-minded, so it's kind of hard to help her sometimes. I believe I've been around Irish women. We may be Irish Americans, <laughs> yeah, but they're, yeah. my grandmother was an Irish woman. The The ability of my grandmother to be the quietest, most peaceful, shy little lady, and at the same time, the most stubborn, <laughs> simultaneously the most so stubborn, stubborn <laughs> strong-willed human being I've ever been around. It was remarkable. Yeah, no, it, it's quite bad. I feel it's kind of weird because she listens to us the grandchildren because she, she doesn't want to start us or anything but it's kind of weird because it's like the reversal of roles in a way and i don't think she likes it very much i think she's embarrassed right uh, but there's not much you can do it has to be done and we're all capable now we're all grown up so we don't need any help so it's kind of like returning a favor i guess yeah also we want to, the cycle of life the cycle yeah, of life. I guess. It's just, yeah, I just never thought about it happening to me. I guess till you get there, you don't really think about it. Yeah. Now, can I tell you, this conversation fits <laughs> the template of my experience traveling to Ireland. That's a tease. What's the template of your experience in Ireland, Gethard? I can't wait to hear it. Well, you're going to have to wait because we got ads. We got sponsors. They bring you products. They bring you services. There's promo codes. Listen to these ads. If they appeal to you, use the promo codes. It helps the show when you do. We'll be right back. Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be hard to get all the nutrients your body needs for long-term health. Care of is very cool. I use it. It's a monthly subscription vitamin service made from effective quality ingredients that are personally tailored to your exact needs. They have this online quiz. It's fun. You go, you take the quiz. They ask about your diet, your health goals, lifestyle choices. They make it really easy to figure out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. Takes a few minutes. No more worrying about replacing multiple bottles when you run out. This is the best. Your subscription box includes a 30-day supply. They sell you this box. It has 30 packets inside. And if you're running out of the house, I do this a lot. Oh, I'm running out of the house. Don't have time. Grab that little packet. Take it with you when you eat your lunch. Just do it then. All for about 20% less than similar brands at local drug and health food stores. I got mine. The box, it fits right in the cabinet next to my fridge. I open up that cabinet every day. Take that little packet out. It's got a little motivational quote on the front. Take my vitamins every day. Makes it easier to remember. For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com. Enter stories. That's TakeCareOf.com. Enter the code stories 
for 25% off your first month of personalized vitamins. Madison Reed is revolutionizing the way women color their hair. It's a company that the founder, Amy Errett, named after her daughter. Look, for decades, women, they've had two options, right? You got outdated at-home hair color or the time and expense of a salon. I see it. My, my wife, she's very cool, very fashionable. I want to play with the shade, go a little lighter, go a little darker. What season is it? It's a pain. I see her. I see her. I have to deal. She does it at home. It's a whole production, stressful, or she goes into the city and has to make an appointment weeks out, deal with a salon. Amy created Madison Reed because she believes women deserve better than that, better than the status quo. Madison Reed is reinventing the way women color their hair by offering the quality of salon color, the convenience and affordability of at-home hair color, and an ammonia-free formula with ingredients you can feel good about. You look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you add more me time to do what you love. Experience beautiful, multi-dimensional hair color made in Italy, delivered to your door on your schedule for under 25 bucks. Join the hundreds of thousands of women who have tried and loved Madison Reed. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. Madison Reed would like to honor beautiful anonymous listeners with 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with the promo code PEOPLE. That's madison-reed.com, promo code PEOPLE. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. Can I tell you, this conversation fits the template of my experience traveling to Ireland. <laughs> well, here's what I noticed. Here's what I noticed. I started saying this as part of my comedy routine when I got back. I'm, I'm still working on some Ireland material. I started noticing. Here's what I noticed in Ireland. When you are in Ireland, you are around by far the nicest people you are ever going to meet. And at any given moment, you are 30 seconds away from the saddest conversation you will ever have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's like this. Yeah, you. it can get sad real quick. <laughs> You're so sweet. You're so nice. And then all of a sudden, here we go, transitory strokes, caring for your grandma, the cycle of life and death and how it affects us all. Yeah, sorry. I just because when my, my brother was talking to me just there about bringing him to the airport, but it's on my mind because we need to stop off at my granny's house to say, for him to say goodbye to her and like spend some time. We were supposed to spend time with her today, but it just didn't work out. Ah. Uh. But yeah, I guess that's it was on my mind. No, um, I I'm not even back for a week, so I'm just. Of course. <laughs> I feel bad for bringing you down. No, no, you <laughs> don't have to apologize. <laughs> Let's not be so Irish about it with all the apologies, please. <laughs> Please. Oh, then I'll start apologizing. <laughs> I'll start again. We've got 39 and a half minutes left. It can't just be you and I apologizing to each other the whole time. It would be too on brand. Okay. I'll, I'll try to stay off that. Okay. Um, <laughs> what else? I can tell you a story that I tell a lot of people in bars, I guess. I'm into that. It's like my go-to story. Okay. Um, but it normally starts off, I have a massive scar on my arm. Um. It's not that noticeable until I point it out, and um, it kind of starts off with someone noticing that, and then I go through the whole thing. So um, my family is very disastrous; like um, they're very prone to accidents. Okay. Um. So, like, it started off, I guess, with my dad, and when he was a baby, he um he was left alone. He was just kind of playing in in his walker cradle thing, and uh, he it was. Christmas time and he reaches for a card up on the mantelpiece and he falls oh god this is I don't know if this is the best way to tell you he falls like face first into the fire 
and survives. Like he pulls himself out and it gets rushed to the hospital and everything. But that was like the first chain of events that kind of led to everything else, I think, anyway. Like, he has no fingers now, but he's perfectly healthy apart from that. Um, well, half of his fingers. But yeah, so then my brother has got the hole in his heart and a bunch of other problems. Oh, wait, can you bleep up his name? Yeah, we will. We'll bleep the name. Uh, okay. And then my other brother um, had arthritis when he was 12, mm-hmm. which I didn't think was a thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. And then when I was three, we were in Florida for my third birthday, <laughs> um, like a big family holiday, everybody there. And I trip over the pavement and my dad runs me over with a massive people carrier, like those giant cars that you guys have in America that can fit so many people in. Like he runs me over, so that's what the massive scar is about. Um, so my mom's kind of the only healthy-ish one in the family. <laughs> it, <laughs> kind of my bar story. When we, when, okay. When Jared said, hey, we could have a number from Ireland. I never imagined we'd have a story that fit my expectations of what might happen as well as that one. Kudos to you. Kudos to you. A series of stories about your family falling into fires and being run over by cars. That's our big Ireland call. This is really something else. We're all healthy now, though. We're surviving. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of bad luck. What we need to do in life. That's a lot of bad yeah. luck right there. But we've run out of bad luck, so it's all good. That's good. Hopefully. Yeah, the luck of the... What, what this whole luck of the Irish thing, your family must look at that and be like, Bullshit. Yeah, I think also there's a lot of things you can do wrong in Ireland, like walk over fairy rings and all that sort of stuff. So I think somewhere along the line, someone's been cursed by a fairy or something like that. So wait, walk. I oh, think that's what's gone wrong. Yeah, I saw the wait the fair. What are the fairy things? I, so I don't know too much about it, but basically there are some. Um, there's a couple of things. There's, there's a raft next to my house, which is like ancient buildings from like Viking times or something. I, you're, if you walk over those, it's supposed to be bad luck. But there's also been the fairy lines and the fairy circles. And I mean, they're kind of, some of them are made out of mushrooms and some of them people make themselves. But basically the fairies live there and if you step over them, you, you're you not supposed to anyway. You're kind of trampling on their home, so you're being cursed. Wow. There's a lot of weird folklore. Like, Have you heard of the changelings? The changelings. Talk to me about the changelings. I love this. Okay. So, um, but it's kind of, no one really believes it anymore, but I don't know, hundreds of years ago, um, people used to think that when their babies, or even adults, but I think it was quite common in babies, when they started to behave weirdly, um, so maybe they had some sort of sickness or something like that, um, they thought that the fairies had come maybe in the middle of the night and change the babies over with a furry. And so they just put the baby out for the furries to change them back. Um, And yeah, again, this is kind of a magical story, but it ends sadly because a lot of babies died that way. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I really tried to be positive. Change this. Change this. Yeah. So they'd steal so because the fairies changed them over. They'd changed steal things. the human babies and leave you with a creature. Yeah. Or so people thought, but really it was probably just uh their babies were sick and they didn't know what to do. Right. So they put them out. 
Oh, um, right. Oh, no, I'm going to talk about something happier because I'm let's see. a bit Let's tired. make a contest, my, my, my Northern Irishman. That's another <laughs> question I have. That's another question I've had. If you're from Northern Ireland, am I allowed to call you Irish or is that a little bit like, hey, shape up? Is that an American thing or am I supposed to say Northern Irish? Um, I, I expect Americans to call me Irish because they don't, a lot of people don't know Northern Ireland as a country, so it's fine. But when I'm in the UK, people really know about the difference between Northern Ireland and South of Ireland. So I expect them to call me Northern Ireland. Not expect as in, I require you to do this, but just like, I don't really care what people call me. Right. Um, but when you... Yeah, I kind of, I, I assume that Americans are going to call me Irish because a lot <laughs> of them ignorant. don't know that Northern Ireland is a thing. <laughs> because we're ignorant. We're ignorant <laughs> people in general a little bit. Yeah. We're going to just call you Irish. Uh, you, I mean, to be fair, you live on the island of Ireland. But when you're in the UK, can people just hear your accent and know straight away, oh, you're Northern Irish versus Irish? Because we all, Americans can't, right? Yeah, yeah, they can. Um, do you want me to sh- say some things that people normally, they can really tell that you're Northern Irish if you say them? Yes, and then I want to do a, a game with you that uh, I've been inspired. But don't let me forget. Yes, what are the, what are the tells? What okay. are the things you'll say where, where people go Northern Irish right there? Okay, so there's two, two kind of rhymes that go together. How now, brown cow? How now, brown Does cow? Do you understand what I said? How now, brown cow? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's sar par on the R. Sar par on the R? I don't know what that is. Did you get that? No. So shower is the thing that you wash in. Shower. Shower, yeah. Par, as in you're powerful. Power. Shower power. On, on the R, as in the time, the R, R the, yeah. the R hour. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear that I'm saying it much different when when you say it your way. I can't hear that I'm saying it much differently. But those are the only things I can't stop myself from finding Northern Irish and and people get you to say them over and over again to their friends when they meet you it, outside of Northern Ireland, obviously. So when I say shower and you say shower, you don't hear much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of hear it when you say it, but when I'm saying it, I just think that I'm saying it like you said the second time. I love that. Here's another question I have. Here's another question I have before we play our game. I'm not going to forget this game. So here's another question I have. I I, I dated a girl for a long time, and she was Irish Catholic. She went and studied abroad in Dublin, and she went to visit Belfast, and she tried to go to a certain neighborhood, Mm -hmm. and the uh, taxi driver was like, I'm sorry, I can't bring you there. She was young. She was maybe 19, 20 years old at the time. And uh, she was like, I, what do you mean? I'm supposed to meet friends there. And he said, I, I just can't in good faith bring you to that neighborhood. You're Catholic. You, you're young. You're female. I can't drop you off by yourself in that neighborhood. And she was astounded that he was able to tell on sight that she was Catholic. He was able to just look at her and go, nope, that's a Catholic. Now, she was Irish Catholic by background. But when we're walking down the street here in America, I'm, I'm an, I, I grew up Catholic. I can't look at someone and say, oh, you're Catholic. You're Protestant. But it seemed like in Belfast— that guy was very able to identify that. Yeah, I mean, there are a few things that I would say are, I can kind of tell, but I don't think I could tell in America. I could think I could tell here by by the way people speak, but mm. also by certain, there are certain characteristics that make people look more like they're from the south of Ireland. And so if they look like that, I guess that they're Catholic. But I try not to assume anything, obviously. Right. But um, yeah, there are some areas that people should avoid, probably. But nowadays, people do that whole um, disaster tourism as well. Oh, yeah. We got like, that in New York, believe me. get taxi tours. Right. 
and they just go to places where people have been shot and yes. just go see where the bombs are and a lot. And I, I don't know, it's a bit weird. Oh, believe <laughs> so me. I, mean, I guess there's, it's a lot better now. <laughs> there's a 9-11 museum with a gift shop. As someone who grew up in the Northeast, I'm not sure how to feel about that. Believe me. Believe me. <laughs> Disaster tourism is a thing. As in, was there a shooting there or something? What? 9-11? The 9-11 museum? There was a little bit more than a shooting. Oh, 9-11. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was, was there a say, shooting? I was thinking 7-11. Sorry, oh, yeah. I think no. I was thinking 7-11. <laughs> you were thinking 7-11. <laughs> you were thinking 7-11. Oh, 9-11. Was there a shooting on that day? Uh, maybe. Uh, you know what? If there was a shooting on 9-11, I don't know if it made the headlines. I think we... Was there no. sh- sorry about that. No, I know people are very sensitive about 9-11. No, it's I'm okay. sorry about it's that. It's weird as a New Yorker. No, it's interesting because it's funny as a New Yorker. You, sometimes you'll be on the train, right? You get on the E-train, you see family, and they got their maps out, and they're confused. And New York's a confusing town, oh. a fast-paced yeah. town. Somebody will go, hey, how do I... Can you tell me how to get to ground zero? And I'll go, yeah, you just take this one to the end of the line. But it's so weird that it's like a whole economy surrounding the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I guess you capital like people will capitalize on anything. Got to make a but, buck, baby. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's okay. also it, it is good to memorialize things for sure. I guess. It's just the way people do it. You need to have some tact about it. I think. Yeah, but you're growing up in Armagh. You don't need to see a bus full of tourists going around and some guy on a megaphone. Oh, here's where three. Uh, here's here's where here's where the. Uh, the constabulary forces took out this guy. Oh, here's where the Catholics killed this person. Here's where the Protestants killed this person. Nobody needs a bus tour of that. No, not particularly. I mean, it is mostly Belfast, but um, yeah. people come to Armagh as well because we have beautiful churches. We have two cathedrals in Armagh, Ooh. and it's a very small town. Um, and a lot of cool documents. I'm not too sure about it, but a lot of it's very important for religious people, apparently. All right. Um, but yeah, there are other reasons to come to Armagh. There's, we have nice apple orchards. So I, I'm just afraid that I'm giving off the wrong impression. Of My family now. used to own one. It's really pretty. I found that out. I did not know oh, this nice. until I went there. My family used to own an apple orchard. And then my great-grandfather gambled away all the family savings, so he had to sell it. And then he went blind. How's that for an Irish story? Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's a good exterior, and then underneath, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty harsh. (laughs) Which brings me to my game. So, you were telling me a series of stories that were very fascinating, but also sad, about your granny, your family history with uh, fires and car accidents, and you said the sentence, I'm going to tell you a happy story now. So, I want to go ahead and say, say, we have 27 (laughs) minutes, tell me that happy story, and I want to time it. See how long it takes for your happy oh, story to I get have a sad. Happy story. Tell me a happy story. I'm going to time it and oh. see how long until an I. How long can someone who lives on the island of Ireland tell a happy story before a sad detail comes up? All the stories that stick out in my head. I was just going to say you have nice call music. No, I. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am um, all the. But all the stories that stick out in my head are. Um, or sad. I don't know why that is. <laughs> um, I have no. I mean, I have no very. Most of my happy memories are in America at the moment because I went there. I went to California. Got to see Joshua Tree. Ooh. I got to see Yosemite, um, and explore all of that wonderful state. Um, so those are my a lot of happy memories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a happy memory. Happy memory. For, maybe a happy um, memory from growing up. Maybe a happy memory from growing up. Okay. Um, 
so there are a few sad details, but I'll just skip them. Okay. Uh, so probably once a year, maybe twice, my parents took my brothers and I down to Newcastle, which is a little coastal town underneath the Mourne Mountains in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And people go there to holiday. As soon as the hot weather come out, comes out, we go, which is very rare. I mean, we had a little bit of hot weather, rel- weather recently, but it's now cloudy again. Um, but yeah, as soon as the weather comes out and it's beautiful, we all go to Newcastle and go to the arcade and go to the sunshine. So those are the few happy memories. I well, no, I have a lot of happy memories, but, but that would be one of the peaks ones. So we used to take road trips there. The only downside was I used to get car sick a lot. Eh, less than um, a minute and a half. Less <laughs> than a minute bad. and a half. That's not bad. It's okay. funny. Okay. It's really well, let funny. It, okay. Okay. So. <laughs> I say, tell me happy memory. You talk about these happy vacations where you get car sick. Okay. But I'll let it slide. Fine. 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 Well, we won't count that one. Okay. Keep going. That tell was, me about that, Newcastle. That was a little, little bit. Something. Some, um, some there was the, one time yes, we yes, went yes. to, <laughs> one time we went to Newcastle and I was almost there to the hotel we were staying at, to the beach. It was going to be great. Wasn't sick the whole car journey. And my brothers start to remind me that I haven't been sick the whole car journey. And I have one leg out of the car and just sick all over the car park. <laughs> but yeah, they, so... so you got sick all over the <laughs> car park? The, I think it's, I mean, it's I asked bad, you to tell funny. me a happy story. And two and a, two minutes and 15 seconds later, you're vomiting out of the car. But I mean, happy is kind of boring in a way. Because I could tell you that we went to the beach and we had made some sandcastles and took some nice photos and we had bunk beds and all that. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I think the funny parts are more when we fought over the bunk beds well, and see, that's... when... I was sick everywhere and it was disastrous. And <laughs> well, I can I can tell you this very much so. When I went to Ireland and uh, did comedy and I met the Irish comics, I will say I've never felt more at home. I do realize that my family gave me a sense of humor and what you just said is very true for me as well. And I can't make fun of you too much because this whole idea that you take the grim stuff and that's the funny bits, that's my whole career. That's my whole career. So I can't scoff at it too much. But I realize I got that from my mom's side of the family in a big way. Let's yeah, I mean, people just talking about their happy memories where they had a nice time. It's it's nice, but it's kind of boring. Tell me, how about this? Why don't you tell me about your favorite uh, birthday as a kid? What's your favorite birthday? Oh, I have a good story. Great, actually. Great, great, great. Okay. Um, a little bit of context, I guess. My um, parents. Oh, this is going to be bittersweet again. My parents kind of do this thing where. They make us sad before they make us happy. Well, 14 when seconds. We up, anyway. got, I asked you about a happy birthday and it got grim 14 seconds in. Your parents make you sad it's on your birthday? It's, not, it's kind of nice. Okay, okay. It's I'll kind, shut no, up. No, not on our birthdays. Okay, okay. I'll shut okay, up. Okay, so for, for, this, is, this is my birthday. I'll get to the birthday story. But for example, um, I really wanted a dog one year for Christmas. Like All I've been talking about for a whole year was a dog. This was about 10 years ago now. And they had really hinted that I was going to get this dog. Uh, so my heart was on Christmas morning, racing down the stairs, ready to meet my new puppy, you know, and Santa was going to ring this dog. It was going to be the best Christmas ever. And so I go down the stairs and there's this giant teddy bear and it's from Santa to me. And so I hug the teddy. I'm like, this is great, but I'm kind of really anticipating where the dog is. And there's a letter sitting there from Santa Claus 
flying from Santa. And um, he says, sorry um, that I only got you this teddy bear, but the dog couldn't fit down the chimney. And I was already, I was like, that's kind of bullshit because the teddy bear was a larger than a dog could be. But anyway, <laughs> the dog was um, too big to fit down the chimney. And um, I couldn't bring you a dog for Christmas. And so I sit on the teddy bear and have to like smile because everyone else is opening up presents. But my heart is breaking. <laughs> and um, I'm kind of crushed. And I think everyone can kind of tell because I'm nearly in tears. But we go have breakfast anyway. And um, <laughs> this lady who we know vaguely, she's like a family friend, comes driving down the driveway. <laughs> I'm like, why the heck is she there on Christmas morning? And a dog hops out of her car. And it's the happiest moment of my life because I've just been so sad before. But they had to dig a ditch for you to climb out of, huh? Why is that? Why yeah, is that? so that's kind of what they do a lot. They kind of, we're having no holiday this year. And so we're all kind of glum and we're going to spend some, I mean, yeah. So that's kind of what they do. And then they surprise us with the thing. They're big on surprises. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. the birthday story. Okay, so that um, was all just a very sad prologue to the birthday story. No, well, I think that's happy. I got a dog in the end. But being it tormented? Best, it was the best Christmas ever. Okay. Man, if the prologue was such a combination of happiness and misery, I can't wait to hear the real deal. But we're going to have to wait because we've got ads coming up. Check them out. Use the promo codes. Helps the show when you do. We'll be right back. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Can't imagine fitting anything else into your life, right? This is one of the big barriers of entries with therapy. How am I going to fit it in, man? Well, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. Get something off your chest whenever you have to. Talk about everyday challenges at work or at home. Chat about life. Just vent. Get it out there. There's no extra commutes to do this. There's no leaving the office. Nobody's going to judge you. Just need a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. You can improve your mental health. That's important. We work on our physical health. Got to work on our mental health too. Remember, therapy doesn't have to be melodramatic. It doesn't have to be venting thoughts or you know, exposing your deepest childhood memories. It's about practical everyday strategies for stress management. It's about ways to live a happier life. I love having a therapist for those exact reasons. Having a therapist just provides you a designated person for you to talk to who's trained to listen, who helps you make positive changes. And the Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com beautiful Use the code BEAUTIFUL. You get $45 off your first month. Show your support for this show. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Now let's finish off the phone call. No, well, I think that's happy. I got a dog in the end. But being tormented? It was the best Christmas ever. Okay. But yeah, so this is, it's kind of similar. Um, I I reached 11 years old, around 11, and my parents kind of talked about it with me and said, you know, you're getting too, oh no, I was 10 because it was end of primary school. And they just said, you know, you're getting a bit old for big birthday parties um, and have all your friends around and it's a lot of fuss. And um, in my head, I was kind of thinking, and I probably did argue back with them a little bit, and my brothers who were 10 months older than me, just had birthday parties and um, it would be only fair for me to get a birthday party too. 
but my birthday came and passed and very little happened. Um, we kind of had a kick with the family and all that. So I kind of resigned myself to, well, now I'm too old for any birthday parties. I guess that's it. Um, so the Sunday after my birthday, which was about five days away from the actual birthday, um, uh-huh. I get ready for it. We have Sunday dinner every week. It's, it's quite a big thing in Northern Ireland. I think a lot of people do it. They like get together for your family. So you have to dress a little bit nicer than you normally would. Mm-hmm. So my parents tell me to dress, dress extra nice. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go do that. Even though I hate dressing up, I don't know why I have an aversion to it. But um, yeah, so I start seeing people drive down the driveway and then I look down and I see that there's balloons everywhere and it's another miracle. Yay, I have a birthday party. These um, are happy so yeah, stories. That was another great one. I asked you to tell me a happy story about your birthday, and what you described to me was psychological torment by your parents. But it's a good... It's not a happy story. I think it's good. (laughs) No, this is... Because I was so happy. I wasn't expecting... It's a surprise birthday party. I wasn't expecting that I was going to even have a party But what about those five days? What about those five So I get a frame. All my friends come. We get cake. There's balloons. Great. But all of it predicated on the fact that you had five grim, heartbroken days where you thought your family was telling you that they, they don't want to celebrate you. Um, yeah, but that's kind of like the roller coaster of life. You no. know, you got to experience the lows to get the high. This is Irish. This is, this is I, feel, uh, I can feel myself being a descendant of this lineage. Because you're from where my family's actually from. How far, how far are you from the border of County Tyrone? Um, pretty far. Do you know roughly the map of Northern Ireland? Uh, no. I'm not going to pretend. No. I okay. Don't. But it's, there's a big lock <laughs> in the middle, and I live underneath the lock, pretty much. Mm. Uh, but it's pretty far away from the border. Oh, nothing is that far away compared to, like, driving in California. It'll only be an hour or so, but it's not that close. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a world in which someday you're driving and you find yourself in that village of Charlemont and you go, ah, this is where the Kellys are from. Oh, Chris Gethard's from here. Probably. I'll try to find lo- the ruins of that bar. I looked like everyone there. That's what I learned. When I did comedy in Ireland, I realized, man, this, these crowds really like me because every male comedian there is like sort of sad and has a big head, just like me. They all got freckles and big heads. Yeah, and you look like some sad. of my family, I think. Look at that. The crazy hairline. Yeah. Sad. But don't, big teeth yeah, you, don't you're very self deprecating right. when you post things sometimes. You shouldn't. You, you look fine. I look fine. Thank you so much. I'm yeah, going to put that like in quotes. Handsome. It's very good. Yo, thank you. You upgraded it. That's your family style. No birthday yeah. party to birthday party. You upgrade. You, that's your style. You look fine to handsome. My wife thinks I'm handsome, so that's yeah. about all I need. I think I might have some issues. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I go, I am handsome. And then sometimes I look in the mirror and I go, I'm a hideous monster man. Why was I put on this earth? But that's uh, my own psychological issues. Who knows? I want. I no, could, I get that too. Like people take photos of me sometimes, and I'm like, is that what I look like? I must look like that. But then I look in the mirror, and I'm. I don't think I look like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just the angles and what the about, lighting. Hopefully. You ever have one of those ones where you're in a group photo and you're like, I don't look like that. But then you look at everybody else in the group photo and you're like, nope, that's exactly what they all look like. I guess I look like that. You ever yeah. have that sad moment? of? Yeah, of, it's kind of sad. Yeah. And also the times when you don't want to post it on Facebook or anywhere like that. Um, 
but everyone in the photo looks really great apart from you. Yeah. And so it's really selfish if you don't post it. Yeah. You know they want you to post it. Yeah. Where you uh, have like, yeah. you have like, like uh, one eye open and somehow like three teeth showing and the other half of your mouth is in a frown. One of those? Yeah. And one eye squinted and yeah, yeah an eyebrow raised for no reason whatsoever. Everyone else is just smiling normally. Yeah. And you're yeah. looking at yourself yep. like, man, this is how I, this is how I go through life and the world. How will I ever forget this the next time I'm out in public? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a bit disastrous. <laughs> you and um, me might be related. But yeah. We might be related, it sounds like. Distantly. I, a lot of people in Northern Ireland, I guess, are really. I mean, you got to be. And all that. You got to be related to somebody named Kelly, right? Yeah. Well, I'm from. I can say my second name because it's really common. I, I, Murphy. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we also have a really big clan of us, and the mm-hmm. Kellys. Are, the Kellys are huge. I don't know if you knew that, but the Kellys. That's a big surname. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess some Kelly has married some Murphy at some stage. Look at that. And I think we have some uh, yeah. Flaherty's. No, no, no. Who was? What was the name of that bar? There's the name. There's a bar in the Moy that I've been I've been told is owned by distant family of mine. But I forget the name right now. Flaherty, maybe. It's another. Who knows? Anyway. That's, yeah, that's a pretty common name. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Look. But yeah. And um, Burns. My my uh my grandmother's name was Burn. Common name. Oh, Burn, that's another really common name too. Yeah. Damn I went to school with a lot of Burns. Now here's a very fa- prominent me, family in the north. <laughs> let me ask you about this. Let me ask you about this. I got my Irish citizenship. I'm about to apply for my passport. I got all mm-hmm. the paperwork filled out. I just gotta go down to the consulate. New York City, the Irish consulate. Not hard to get to. Now let's say that America keeps turning into a uh uh increasingly ignorant and dangerous hell pit of ignorance and hate. Let's just say it keeps heading in this direction. And I don't often go political on this show, okay. but I can say we got kids in fucking cages now. I'm going to go ahead and draw some lines in the sand and yeah. say it's becoming a place that I'm not okay with. And I'm comfortable stating yeah. that publicly. If someone like me flies to Ireland and says, I'm an Irish citizen and I'd like to live here now, what happens? Is that a thing that happens? Do you get American expats? Do you, do you see this right of return citizenship leading to any Americans just living there permanently now? I think probably more in the slice of Ireland, but not a lot of people. No. Yeah, I don't see a lot of Americans around Northern Ireland. They're not clamoring to move to Belfast. We're not too great on the rights either. Right. We're not too great on the like the abortion rights or the gay rights or anything like that right. either. So. And as you mentioned, uh, some, um, some schools still segregate it, right? Most, most, most are still schools. segregated. Yeah, yeah. The guy I yeah, met, the guy I met um, who knew my not family. The best place. <laughs> I met a guy who named who who knew my family. Like I mentioned, you. He said when he drops his grandkids off at school, they're Catholics. They get out of the car, they go right. The Protestant kids go left, and they're in the same building, but they never see each other throughout the day. The Catholic kids and the Protestant kids segregated school, same building, segregated classrooms. Yeah, there are a couple of schools that that are integrated, but most are not. There are movements to try to get them integrated, but the problem is nobody wants to give and everybody wants to take, so no one wants Irish, well, not no one, but a lot of Protestant people or you know people who are unionists, or I should say, like who want to stay in the union and don't want to um, join Ireland, don't want Irish to be taught or Gaelic to be taught mm-hmm. in schools. Um, that's kind of why our, that's part of the reason why our government shut down. We don't actually have a 
government in Northern Ireland at the moment. What? And, you don't have and a government? Sense, kind of. We're, because we're attached to the rest of the UK, it's okay, and it's all running smoothly, but the we're not we're supposed to have our own government installments and over a year ago now they shut down over disagreements there were a lot of disagreements but one of them was part of the irish language act and there's no one's resolving anything we just haven't had a government i i kind of expected something to happen by now but everything seems to be going okay like everything's still operating do you think there's a I wonder where I could move where people just genuinely treat each other right. It, does that exist? Yeah. Where is it? Yeah, I guess so. Where is it? Where Wait, I, what? Like, where's the place you can move where people just actually treat each other right? Because I, I asked you if I should come um, to Ireland, and you said, no, it's fucked up here, too. No, no, no. Well, the slice of Ireland... They just got the rights for women to have abortions. Yeah, that's, that's great. Cool. Although it has to be implemented, mm-hmm. they're all for gay rights. And their economy is probably going to go up with Brexit because more businesses are moving there from London. So yeah, the south of Ireland probably is a great time to move there. I'm Maybe not entirely sure. I mean, pe- Irish people are going to comment that it's. I just, I have a couple of Irish friends who would dispute this. So. um but again, we're all quite negative, so <laughs> there's kind of bad parts everywhere. Yeah, I wouldn't say that America's all. I mean, I don't want to say America's good right now either. No, nah, but, but it's getting tough. You just had it, your Fourth of July. You should be very patriotic. It was a hard one. I bet I'm not. I bet many of our listeners would echo it. Weird Fourth of July. I went to see the fireworks. Me and Hallie, we met up with some friends of hers from her childhood and their kids, and we all went and watched the fireworks, and the kids ran around, and it was beautiful, but not so easy to be all rah-rah, let's celebrate America right now. It's just not. Maybe some people listening will be mad at me for saying that, but it's just not. Maybe some people go, well, you're you're, you're an artist in New York. You're a liberal. Okay, but we got kids sitting in cages. How are we going to just sit here and stare at fireworks and eat hot dogs? And be proud of this. How can we do it? There's kids in yeah. cages. I At guess some you can point, be you proud can... of how many people are speaking out against it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, American. I mean, every American I talk to about it it's is furious. disgusted by it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Are, every American I've talked to, I haven't met one Trump supporter yet. Oh. I yeah. going to, I mean, I went to California, so I'm probably just going to the wrong places, but yeah, you went, I haven't met anyone who actually wanted Trump. No, I mean, and, and the Trump supporters, the stereotype is that they travel less, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's getting hard. Because you're right. There's a lot of people grumbling and a lot of people mad, but we're all getting mad on Facebook. We're all getting mad on Twitter. What's that do? We're not marching like it's the 60s. I keep wondering that. Why am I not yeah. in Texas right now? Why am I not on a plane to Texas? Why are we not all? Why aren't all of us on a plane to Texas right now? What are we doing? Yeah. We're watching it from afar. You post on Facebook. Here's who sees it. The people who agree with you. What's that do? Why aren't we? Yeah. And then you block the people who try to argue. Well, a lot of people do. And what good does that do? I'm going to say a thing. If you disagree with me, you're an idiot and I can hit a block button. So I never have to hear another person's opinion. What is this world we're living in? I know it's bad. And, but even in real life, when people try to talk, it quickly turns into I'm right, you're wrong, or an attack. People, I think, a common problem I find when I try to talk politics with people, 
they kind of take it as a personal attack on their beliefs yeah. rather than I'm just trying to comment on the policies and I don't think they're a bad person for believing in those policies because there's obviously a reason why they support them. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's normally people see it as a personal attack on themselves rather than just trying to yeah. discuss the problem. And it's funny because I think at the end of the day, all of us everywhere are people who just kind of want to take care of our sick grannies and sort of be left alone, <laughs> you know? And I say that that's the example with you, but I think that's true. I think everyone... Yeah, and everyone just wants safety. Everyone just wants to be safe, and everybody just wants to hang out with the people they love and have some good food. Tell some sad stories. Tell some sad stories. (laughs) Have a drink, have a laugh. Funny sad stories. Well, that's the Irish way. That's the Irish way. (laughs) I want to come to Ireland and do more shows, man. I liked it. Oh, you should. I would come... I'll be in England next year, so do that too. Just do a whole UK and Ireland well, tour. I'll tell you what, in September, I'm doing a live taping of Beautiful Anonymous in, Lo- in London. People have been asking me for years to come to London and do a live oh, taping. Oh, cool. I can go. I'm, gonna, I'm going to Oxford next year, so it's like Ooh. an hour on the train down. I stayed in Oxford for two weeks, uh, and I almost got in a fist fight with an Oxford boy. Oh, damn. I did. <laughs> I, I've only been there to visit, so I'm really hoping it's not like the stereotype. <laughs> I went, my girlfriend, the same girlfriend I mentioned before, her sister went to Oxford. And what a what a beautiful place. What a like beautiful, magic, magical, special place. You just walk around and it's, it's so clearly old and ancient and, and so much history there. But there's a thing where because she was a student, we were able to stay in student housing for very cheap to go visit her. And the kid next to us, he just kept blasting techno music, just just dance music all night, bass and drums. And the first night it happened, I knocked on the door. I said, hey, I know usually the room next to you is uh, vacant, but but it's occupied now. Me and my girlfriend are there. I would, it would, just giving you a heads up, just letting you know, maybe you could turn the music down. And I could see that he was kind of rolling his eyes, especially when he heard my accent. And the next night it was the same thing. And I knocked on the door again, and he opened it. And again, very nicely, I said, just so you know, we're, we're trying to sleep. It would be great if you could turn the music down. And he went to slam the door in my face. He tried to slam the door. He kind of laughed. I heard his friend laugh, and then he started laughing. He slammed the door. But he didn't realize that. I will say, don't laugh in an American's face. You don't do that. I mean, stereotypes about us being a kind no. of aggressive, obnoxious people aside, the guy laughed in my face. And I, I did have a moment where I'm from northern New Jersey. I don't know how much you know about us, but I, I did have a moment of like, fuck this Oxford kid. So I put my foot in the door and I just went, you don't want to fucking do that, man. And he looked at me and he was like, what? And I was like, you don't want to fucking do that. You want to do that? And he was like, no, I <laughs> I don't want to do that. And I was like, yeah, that's put right. Put him in his place. And then the music got turned down and it never got turned up again for the whole trip. USA. Yes. USA. USA. I went no, to London. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, yeah. I, I, do, I, don't, I, don't, I hate when people are mean to Americans because <laughs> they hear the accent or whatever. Like, it happens, though. People are really smart there, too. They just, I don't know. I think it's because you guys find like, like from cartoons and all that sort of stuff, I think anyway, or Movies, a lot yeah. of American TV is kind of silly. Yeah. So people assume that you're dumb, but I, I realize that Americans are not. And yeah, a lot of the stereotype of English, well, I don't want to get into it too much, but yeah, the stereotype of Oxford educated people is that they're quite, they can be quite arrogant or like looking down on people. So that's why I'm afraid of when I go there. But when I was there, it seemed, everyone seemed pretty nice and, 
everyone else I've met there has been pretty nice. So I'm hoping that's not the case. What are you going to <laughs> study? People can look down at Northern Irish people too. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, anthropology. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> the study it's, of it's fun. <laughs> the, yeah. The study of cultures. Yeah. Yeah, basically, it's called the study of humans, I guess. But yeah, I'm doing museum anthropology. If you did, you visit the Pitt Rivers Museum when you were there on the Oxford campus. Yeah. Yes, I did. There's a it's inside the Natural History Museum. Um, it's a really cool museum. I went to go visit when I was there, and I get to work a lot with the artifacts there. And yeah, it's going to be really fun. A more I, hands-on approach, I think. I believe I did go to that museum. Did they have shrunken heads? Yep. Yep. yep I went one. to that museum. I remember them shrunken heads. People know me. People who yeah, knew me were beautiful. like, you're going to want to go see these shrunken heads. I said, you know me well. You got to go see a shrunken head. When I was yeah, in. I'm really excited for it. I feel like I'm going to really. There's not a lot of people on the course. So I feel like I'm really going to identify myself if anyone's listening who I know in the future because I'll be probably the only Northern Irish person on the course. Oh. Because it's quite small. I don't think I don't know if this is highbrow enough entertainment to be very popular on the Oxford campus. I don't know. Oh, I think so. I mean, you're overestimating. I think podcasts are having a real moment at the moment. Yeah, but these Oxford people are going to listen to me going like, "I ain't, I ain't going to do this," and then they're going to say, "Oh, this is a particularly uneducated American," and they're going to turn it off, and they're going to turn on like Malcolm Gladwell's podcast or something like that. Okay, no, I feel bad for. Doing that stereotype. No, I'm sure people are, are lovely and respectful, <laughs> most people, but there's just a few people who make it bad. I, t- um, I don't know. I've just heard some stories about certain clubs there that are particularly bad. But yeah, and it's also, I'm going to be a master's student, so postgraduate. Yeah. Uh, so I think everyone will be a little bit more chill. I bet you'll do be nice. great. I bet you'll do great because you seem very thoughtful and very nice. Oh, thank you very much. If anybody tries to hold the fact that you're Northern Irish over your head, fuck them. Who cares? Get over yeah. yourself. Is it, I went, I, before I went to Scotland for four years, I kind of did a tour around some English universities because I was thinking about going there. Mm-hmm. And one university I went to, I don't want to name it, but um, I was by myself because I traveled. I was only 17 and I traveled there by myself because my parents, and they were working so they couldn't come with me right. and I was doing a tour and everyone had their parents with them so some parents were trying to be friendly and asked me where I was from and all that and one person was like oh where are you from? I was like Northern Ireland and she just said oh sorry <laughs> like sorry to hear that oh, and I was like English. what? I, it's funny I'm Irish American I have no <laughs> connection my grandfather hate, he was from Armagh he hated the English I'm not going to lie and we have so many UK listeners and I'm not trying to sit fan any flames I don't hate the English but man, they, uh, I got in trouble. I got in trouble. I remember once I was in London, that same trip, I would take the bus from Oxford to London and I was in a cab and this taxi driver heard my voice and immediately he's like, oh, you're American? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you guys ruined the fucking world. And I was like, Jesus, dude. Oh. And it happened to be on St. Patrick's Day and we drove past a St. Patrick's Day celebration in London and he was like, oh, and don't get me started on the, and I was like, I'm taking it on the chin in two directions here. But that's okay. God. People everywhere have stereotypes. Yeah. I went when I went to London. Everybody was so nice. Everybody's so nice, and I can't wait to go yeah, back. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like these are these are stereotypes that I have so many English friends and like, so many American friends and all that. So I, I don't believe any of them. I just think there's a few people that stand out and they make the stereotypes. And that's what it is. That's what it is all over the world, yeah. right? Ninety nine like people were nice and not. Like, 
university. Yes. That one woman said that to me. And, and you'll never forget that. And that's what you'll remember from your time. Yeah. And that's the way the whole world works. 99% of us all just want to get along, be chill, hang out, break bread together, share a drink together, share a laugh together. But that 1% that has the chip on their shoulder, they say the ignorant things and then the battle lines are drawn and then we have to have all these yep. sad talks about divisions, my friend. Yeah, and then we have to vote for one of them because in the party politics, we would have to vote for one of them and then people label us with their stereotypes and it just becomes bigger and bigger divisions. It's Yeah, it's a bad system. <laughs> Not a great system. Enjoy studying it. Enjoy <laughs> studying it and getting your degree. And thank you for calling. Our time is running out. Maybe I'll see you in September at that table. Oh. Yes, definitely. I will try to book any tickets that you come over here. I'll try to meet you. That'll be so cool. They're already on sale. We haven't announced it yet, but you can go to London Podcast Festival and you can get them on there on sale. They're already on sale. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, you got the heads up. (laughs) I'll just Google it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have the URL memorized. I'm just going to Google it. (laughs) Don't give me the URL. You're the best. Thank you for talking. Good (laughs) luck with your granny. Thanks for answering all my questions about my family's homeland. And and so much love to you and your granny. And good luck at school. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being um, great for mental health as well. I wanted to say, I know everyone says that, but just in case, thanks for doing that, being a real advocate. And I hope I get to see you in Northern Ireland or England someday. Bye. Caller, thank you so much for calling. Thanks for telling me what County Armagh is really like. I could, the, the word Armagh has... I, I didn't mention this during the call. I wish I had... I'm 38 years old, and for as long as I can remember, that word Armagh has meant something to me. That's where we're from. I always knew that. And I just had an hour-long conversation with someone from there. Really nuts how lucky I am to do this podcast. Thanks for calling. Thanks for filling me in. Thanks for being you. Good luck with your studies. Good luck with your grandma. Thank you, Jared, in the booth today. Always uh, the secret backbone of the show, as everybody knows. Thanks to Harry Nelson, who helps out. Reverend John DeLore, credit card. Justin Linville. I don't always thank Justin Linville. I owe him more thanks. It's funny. He's not an earwolf employee. He's my right-hand man. But uh, he, he does so much for this podcast. i got to start thanking Justin. Thank you, Shell Shag, for the music. I got dates. I'm going on the road all the time. ChrisGeth.com. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really helps so much. It really does. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you next time. So I'm going to just start rambling. Are we recording now? Yeah. Okay, so we're trying an experiment today. I'm currently in Madison Square Park, which is in New York City, um, between what, Broadway and Madison? Fifth and Madison? It's kind of where those meet. It's a very crowded park. It's a very sunny day. There's hundreds of people walking by. Usually Beautiful Anonymous is known for its intimacy, just one-on-one on a phone. You just know it's me and Jared Harry listening. But now there's there's hundreds of people around. I, there's going to be a lot of eye contact. I'm not the best at eye contact. I think there's a few people who recognize me sitting on a bench. Oh, hi, someone's here. So nice to see you. How are you? I'm sorry I can't ask you your name. I know that's uncomfortable. <laughs> I know, that's fine. I'm starting the clock. You know what? This is the first time that I tried to get on the show. I oh, listen really? to it all the time, but... I thought, since I'm Cuban... Oh, you are? And I have an accent, and it's 
a little bit hard for me to talk on the phone. Okay. I didn't really want to do it, wanted to do it at the beginning, but now it's like in person, so it's gonna be better. Okay. <laughs> for me and easier. Oh, I'm so hopefully. happy this worked out. What? A- yeah. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous.